welcome to Monday Morning Coffee with Inside the Firm. Each week, our hosts will be interviewing local, regional, and national business leaders to give you an inside peek into how they lead their business to success in the ever-competitive business climate. Welcome to Monday Morning Coffee with Inside the Firm. Today, I have a very special guest, Jason Skisick is an Army veteran, coach, and an entrepreneurial evangelist. Evangelist. He is a father, husband, fighter, and carrier of heavy things. His company, Spear and Clover, helps businesses and with passionate leaders, talented teams, and strong playbooks go from contenders to dynasty organizations. He leads the Spear and Clover Mastermind, a group of like-minded entrepreneurs united in helping one another impact the world with their unique missions. You can find Jason hosting the weekly Spear and Clover podcast available on YouTube and across all audio platforms. Jason, welcome to the show. Lance, thank you so much for having me. I'm honored by that lovely intro, and I just can't wait to have this conversation with you. Beautiful. Well, before we get into exactly what you do, I have a bunch of questions lined up for you about, about what you do there um, sure. with Spear and Clover. But uh, tell us how you got here. Are, you know, are you from a family of entrepreneurs? The first, I'm always interested to know, you know, what led people down their entrepreneurial path? You know, it's funny. I have no entrepreneurs in my past, but I was raised with the idea that I could build anything. I could do anything. And so I never have felt, um, I've never felt downward pressure on my ability to succeed. So I definitely got that. Um, and then separately, I've always been very strongly drawn. I call it spirit of the puppy, but I've always been very, very strongly drawn towards doing the things that I love or am passionate about professionally. And so when I was a young man, I loved snowboarding and I worked at the snowboarding hill. I loved clothing and I worked at the mall. I liked cars and I worked at a car wash. Uh, and so that I didn't, I wasn't aware of that. Uh, but ultimately when I, when I uh, started to finally start businesses, it became pretty obvious in hindsight that I had already been sort of trying to do that. Sure, sure. Tell tell me a little bit more about that uh, pushing down part in, in the sense of that you were you weren't um, you know, one of the things that society is suffering from right now is sort of this victimhood mentality. Yeah. And I would I would love if you could unpack about like, you know, what what was it that you were told growing up that was the opposite of that? Because it sounds yeah. like there was none of that, which the victimhood stuff, I think, really pushes people down. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, and it's something I've never been uh, affected by. That's not true. I felt it even as recently as an entrepreneur in 2020. I felt someone tell me I was a victim and I felt myself de the desire to accept it. Mm -hmm. I felt like, oh, well, I guess I should just stop and stay home because something changed outside of me that I can't control. But let me lay the ground as far as the groundwork as far as when I was a kid. So something to understand about me is spirit of the puppy is something I was born with. A lot of folks call it uh, uh, ADD. I call it entrepreneur's disease. Uh, <laughs> and then I didn't acquire my second core value, which makes me who I am, which is uh, which is military mindset. I didn't acquire that until I was an older man. I was in the army. Um, but when I was young, I was removed from school in first grade and put into a behavior disorder school because I was so difficult to have in class. I was too much of a challenge to have in class. Mm -hmm. So I was in a behavior disorder school from first grade until seventh grade. And throughout even that time, I never felt like most of those kids probably did not amount to much. I, I don't follow up with them. Um, but I think that when you when you end up in that school, the 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 course starts to narrow down towards like prison, crime. Mm -hmm crappy jobs. A lot of the folks that I was friend with in those times still are working kind of dead end jobs. Uh, but I never felt like 
in any way that I, that I was not going to be responsible for building something great. I didn't know what that meant. I didn't have any context and certainly failed multiple times until I realized that I needed the context and the scaffolding to erect that thing. Um, but I definitely never had that. And I certainly know folks who have, uh, who are carrying around uh, the burden. You can almost physically see it on their shoulders. Their head is slumped. Their posture is bad. They're carrying around the weight mm -hmm. of whether it's their parents or those folks around them um, who have essentially either told them specifically or at least made it seem as if they were not good enough to be successful. Uh, and unfortunately, I think this is a self-fulfilling cycle because I'm sure you know, uh, people that tell you you're not going to be amounting to much are probably just really reflecting on their own inability to have amounted to much. Yeah, so much of that is projection. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could, couldn't agree more with that. Um, what is what? Where did the name Spear and Clover come from? I, I'm always interested in those little yeah. those stories that come from behind that because I think they're very meaningful. I mean, obviously, you 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 decided to name your whole podcast after that. Well, I, so I've alluded to two of the components already. And so that's uh, my, my core values are incredibly important to me. It's something that I help entrepreneurs do is reveal their core values. Uh, but I did it about mm, five years, five or six years ago. Um, and the first two core values describe me as a person and it's spirit of the puppy and military mindset. Uh, so hold that in your mind for a moment as I tell you the story of how the spear and clover came around. Uh, so after that happened, I'd already done that work. Um, I was, I go on ruck marches once a week with my dogs. I live here in the Indiana Dunes National Park. And once a week, I like to go on a solo mission where I think about myself. I think about my life, my relationships, my place in the universe or nothing, whatever. Uh, and I just go out in the dunes and I, I carry a rucksack. I have a 40 pound log, or I'm sorry, 40 pound pack on my back. And sometimes I'll carry a 40 pound log on my shoulder. Uh, and this particular day I was doing 11 miles with that situation. And so I'm military mindset. I'm hard charging towards that goal as hard as I possibly can. Meanwhile, my two Australian shepherds are having the time of their life. Lance, if I walked 11 mm -hmm. miles that day, minimum, they were doing 22. Yeah. Uh, and so they're running out into the woods and then they come back and check on me. And then they're running out into the woods and having the time of their life and they come back and check on me. And it just occurred to me in that moment that at my best, I'm not just military mindset, hard charging towards the, the goal that I'm working towards. And I'm also not just spirit of the puppy, screwing around and, and chasing my own tail or my, or my buddies, uh, following those things that I'm passionate about. It's the combination of both where I've found the most harmony, the most balance and the most success. Very good. I love that story. Fantastic. Um, how do you, how do you then use, you know, your core values and what you do to help build strong and dynamic teams that work well together? Yeah. So if, if anybody out there owns a business or even have just been a person, think about the people in your past where they seem great. You guys have so much in common, but just it's it always, yes always feels like no and up always mm. feels like down and you can just never quite get it together. That's what I would call a core value mismatch. Uh, you can even think about it in opportunities. Think about the job that sounded like it was just right for you or the business that sounded like it was going to be great. And then when you got into it, you realize it just wasn't, it didn't feel right. It tech drained energy from you. It took more effort than it gave back uh, in reward. And those are mismatches. Well, there's also folks in your life where it seems like it's just easy. You know, you meet somebody, uh, maybe it's a guy, you know, your girlfriend's boyfriend or your, your, um, a friend of your wives or something and you meet and it's just like everything. Oh, you're interested in that. I'm interested in that. Oh, you like doing that. I like doing that. You work like that. I work like that. These are core value matches. And if we do nothing, our entire life will be pocked with those 
incidences where you bump into core value matches and you bump into core value mismatches, but you don't have the language to really understand it or predict it. Um, by creating your core values in a real and meaningful way to you, you're generating a four or five side puzzle piece that you can now hold up to the world. And so the way to test it to make sure it's accurate is you hold it up to those favorite clients or friends. You hold it up to those least favorite clients or friends, and it will be abundantly clear, oh, that person was spirit of the puppy, so I enjoy spending time with them, mm -hmm. but they weren't military mindset. I couldn't count on them to be there when I needed them, you know, whatever that may be. Um, and then once you have that puzzle piece and you've tested it thoroughly, now I can hold it up to the future. And so now I can start to identify people, opportunities, directions that are going to be a core value fit before I've committed to actually going down the path. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. I love the, I love the puzzle analogy because I feel like I could just, I found myself while I was listening to you trying to think of, you know, you, you mentioned a client, I started thinking about a client and I said, I thought about my business partner at the end. And I was like, well, I think that's why we work so well together. We've said it many yeah. times in our podcast. It's like, I'm the yin, he's the yang or vice versa. And, and we sort of fill the gaps in and then fit together, um, mm. together. But I think we, we had to recognize that, like you said. So is, is there a specific exercise that you recommend in order to like identify those core values? Yeah, it takes time. So for starters, don't plan on doing it in a day. Uh, it takes time. It takes thought. It takes you walking around town thinking of different nuances. Um, there's a lot of this that's been done. And then there's something that I believe is totally unique to me. Uh, and so the things that have been done is you start by writing down a list of words and phrases that just are you, not who you wish you were, but you like you show up this way, wherever you are in life, you got there because of these things. And you write down this, this series of words and phrases. I like to, before I move on to the next step, I like to do that with my, my wife or significant other. I like to do that with my employees or my partners. I like to just ask them, Hey, what do you think? What, what are we at our best? What am I at my best? Whatever the case may be. Um, it should be said that sometimes it should be your core values. And sometimes it's like the shared team's core tenants or core values depends on the business. For me, it's, it's core values. Um, the second step is I start to separate those things into like items. And so spirit of the puppy is like high energy, loves to meet new people, out for adventure, loves to play, super passionate about learning about things I'm interested in. That's spirit of the puppy. And, and we can reverse engineer it from there. Uh, military mindset is like, you know, raises your hand when there's a chance for opportunity, always shows up for the people that they care about, uh, make sure to finish things that they start, stuff like that, honor, respect, loyalty, stuff like that. Um, so you start to combine these into like items. And then where I take, and, and from there, most people say you're done and you put a name on it uh, that kind of that kind of uh, would copyright that idea. Um, personally, I like ideas that are on their face, understandable, but are not pre-existing cliches. So I don't like uh, the customer is always right. I don't like uh, grow or die. I don't like these things that people already have in a weight, weight associated with it, uh, which is why oh. it's like spirit. Like Spirit of the Puppy, you've never heard before, but when you hear it, you're like, okay, I get that. Uh, military mindset. You've never heard it before, but you can't confuse what it is. I have a friend who's one of his is trial by water. Well, there's trial by fire and everybody understands that, but this guy is a champion swimmer and had spent all of his life uh, in water. And so for him, it's like adding a little twist on something that exists. The thing that I add that takes the ball further is I think a lot of times people's core values are just different ways of, of describing the same attribute. So it's who you are. And so it's like, I'm military mindset. I'm spirit of the puppy. I'm blah, 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 whatever. But you don't actually get into some of the depth of what working with you is going to be like. And so for my core values, I have four different categories and I try to at least satisfy each. And so one is who I am. 
for me, that's the combination of spirit with a puppy and, uh, and military mindset. The second is how do I work? Well, I work head up, feet moving, which means I'm moving forward all the time, speed of implementation, but I'm head up because I need, I may need to change course as we go. So I'm very passionate about going forward, but I'm also paying attention to changing conditions. Uh, third is how I communicate with others. For me, that word is tribal. I typically dress similarly to all the people in my organizations. I typically speak in a certain way. I look a certain way. So for me, that's tribal. And then finally is what motivates me to get up in the morning and do what I do for a living. And so that one for me is invested. So the ones that are for me don't matter, but the concept is who you are, how you work, how you communicate with others, and what motivates you to continue working hard towards your goals. And so if you can, if you can hit all of those, now you have a three-dimensional set of core values as opposed to um, you know, five different things that are just you. Yeah. How, how you communicate really sticks out to me. Um, yeah. especially when there's the, you know, the client and professional relationship. Um, let one thing you, you and I were talking about, uh, it, kind of jokingly right before we jumped on air was, uh, spouses. And so, uh, we yeah. were both talking about our wives and how they feel about our facial hair and all that good stuff. Uh, so I, I'm obviously an entrepreneur and I know you are too. And so I would love to hear your thoughts about, you know, what it takes for people like us, uh, to still be successful at both things, right? Your love life, very important. The rock, it's everything. Mm -hmm. And then also a business like how, how, you know, people use balance, but I feel like that's one of those examples of that. It's weighted. And I, I actually don't like balance. I like, I don't even know what I like, but not that word. So yeah. if, maybe you could unpack that a little bit. So there's a couple of things we can talk about here. First of all, I think of my life as a three-chambered heart. Uh, one of those chambers is business. One of those chambers is family and social. And one of those chance uh, is, is me, is myself, my self-care. And so what I believe is that if I take too much blood and put it into one chamber, then the other two will suffer. And so we all know people with a big bank account that have terrible relationships with their family and are overweight and don't like what they see in the mirror and they don't feel good about themselves. I don't want that life. We all know people who tell you they're relationship people and, and they live in poverty, but they have these wonderful family events and they have some happiness in their family and social life, uh, but they don't take time for themselves and they don't put time into their uh, work life. Not great. And I can go on down the list, but I, sure. I won't do that now. Um, and so what I believe is in order to find uh, growth, you have to actually grow all three of those things at a time. And so we're assimilating, we're learning new skills and habits and behaviors, and then we're assimilating those. And so the, the easy metaphor there is you have to crawl before you can walk, you have to walk before you can run. But when you learn how to run, crawling is easy. You don't have to think about it. When you learn how to run, walking is easy. You don't have to think about it. Uh, and so you want to get to a point where as you grow, the things you're doing actually are easy and you don't really have to energize them in a very difficult way uh, to continue growing. Does that make sense? It makes a hundred percent sense. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad you didn't go into what I was alluding to with this sort of this balance, um, yeah. but it was, you know, the metaphor you're using was nice. Uh, so on that, on that topic of spouses then, so one of the things that I'm I've worked with my wife in the past, so I'm a real estate developer and uh, she's a real estate agent. And so therefore, you know, we had that dynamic and stuff, but I could never see us coming into the same office together, um, either me working with her, you know, so like I would love, you know, one of the topics you have here is like, what what is the best way for spouses to work together mm -hmm. as entrepreneurs? Because, you know, where's the separation, right? Between house, business, like, how do you, how do you make it so that it's manageable? So that it's just not, you're not constantly, you know, 
on that. Yeah, this is interesting uh, and something that I love to talk about. Uh, first of all, um, understand that the reason you don't like, or I, actually, I won't even tell you why you don't, why I don't like the term balance is when people say that what they really mean uh, is they don't want to only focus on business. They want to have some other thing. Mm -hmm. and, and what I would say is um, I didn't really become a good leader until I hired my wife full time. And it was because I had to, I was forced before I would take that opportunity with her and have her leave a full-time, you know, very good paying job that she had for years. I needed to look at our employment of her as I did our marriage, which is on mm. an infinite timeline. The horizon is my life. I want to be married to Donna by the time until I'm dead. And she wants to be married to me until I'm dead, which means that if I employ her, it needs to be on a very long time scale. And that means on a long enough time scale, every obstacle, no matter how big it is today, becomes a pebble. It becomes something you can easily step over. And so the biggest thing that I took away from hiring her was A, in order to work with a spouse, you need a couple of things. You need, number one, that perspective of, I want this to last forever, and I don't want it to ruin my life. And so I'm going to look at every problem today as as small as it possibly can be and realize that the long-term journey is worth far more than the short-term pain. And then the second thing is a little bit of space. Uh, I, I tried not to have... Uh, interactions with my wife where we would ever be at odds that also had compressed time. And so even with the baby now, what we try to do is we try to make decisions before the moment. That way, the moment when compressed time creates frustration, that way we're not scrambling to come to an accord at that moment, right? Um, but the reason I say I wasn't a good leader until I hired my wife was because then I realized I should actually be doing this for everybody in my organization. And so now when I hire anybody, I think about their timeline with us as being very long-term. Because if it's not going to be very long-term, I'll just hire a contractor who's a subject matter expert, and I will demand ruthlessly results that I'm paying for. But if I bring you into my team, now we're you're a part of my family. And when I bring somebody into my family, now all of a sudden I have to look at it through that same lens. Beautiful. Beautiful. I like that. And thank you for addressing the balance part. I, I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, let, let's move into like fitness and health. So it sounds like you're a, I, I love the, the, the rucksack hikes that you do. I, I do something similar, but I'm not military background. Um, I'm an avid uh, fisherman and I'm an Alpine junkie. So I hike all the way up to 12,000 feet by myself, 40 to 60 pounds on my back. I'm with yeah. you. Um, yeah. So let's talk about fitness and health. And um, how that could maybe, you know, what does that play into in terms of you being you or I or anybody listening, being a leader, a business owner? Why is that important? I think the way that you do one thing is the way that you do everything. Mm. And so if what you're doing is buttressing one area of excellence at the cost of every other area in your life, then you're not actually excellent. You're just faking it right? Uh, you're one of those gold towns that has like the, the propped up buildings, right? It looks great from the outside, but it's not real. Uh, and so, well, we all have one body, which means fitness and health is our all number one priority, whether we choose to acknowledge and treat it that way or not is up to us. Uh, but I think increasingly you're seeing very successful entrepreneurs who are also masters of their body, who also have rich and meaningful relationships in their lives. I think those folks who think that you need to burn the candle at both ends and you need to be some ruthless, you know, privateer or whatever in order to, to be successful in business. I just don't think that's true. I think the people at the top and bottom of our financial system, the very, very, very wealthy and the very, very meager living folks probably are living the most well-rounded lives. Very interesting. 
I like that. Uh, I, I've heard your that phrase you use a little bit differently, and it's uh, how you do the mundane tasks. Yeah, re- reflects on all the rest of them, right? So, like, that's one of the things I've been trying to get across to my wife is I'm like, hey, do you ever notice when I'm cooking, like, then the kitchen is clean afterwards? Like, it's a whole process. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. You know, I just the that. little stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Huge. That's valuable. That's interesting. Um. Tell us about an, an entrepreneur, you know, filling their days with only the work that gives them energy um, and, and sort of getting rid of that, the stuff that they don't want to do or that they like, r- first of all, recognizing it, like how do people recognize the stuff where it doesn't make any yeah. sense for them at the end of the day, because it, it just bad energy is sticky. And so then refocusing on the positive energy. Yeah, I think it can be really complicated. You know, we start to have these conversations and I think because it's been, there's there's few people that ever build very successful businesses. And so it seems like it's complicated, but our hashtag is winning is simple. I think it is too. And so what I would say is you really can create sort of a heuristic approach, like a, like a, a, a general approach to how you should make business decisions that's very simple. And number one is understand the mountain you want to climb. And every time you think about doing something, make sure it only is taking steps towards the top of that mountain, period. That's it, number one. Number two, that every step you take is acceptable to you ethically and is a matter of core value fit, right? And so you don't take steps towards up the mountain that involve the murder of innocence or, or slavery, yeah. or, you right? So, so you take actions that you would, that, that fit your mission and your core values. And then number three is, um, let's see, what would number three be? Um, can you reframe the question again? Because I have the third one. I just forgot. Uh, basically, the question overall is like, how do you how do you identify the negativity as an entrepreneur and get rid of that that sticky negative energy and only focus on the positive things? Oh, the work, the okay, work, it, the work that's it. positive. Yeah. Training your, the third step. Sorry, I just lost it in, in, the, <laughs> in the three steps there. The third step is you think about the tasks that are going to, that are going to be required that do fit your mission. Mm-hmm. Now you start to say, okay, this thing drains my energy. So for mm-hmm. me, uh, there's three types of work. There's works that you can't do. You should not do it. You should hire that out or you should just not avoid it if you can. Number two is work you can do, but it drains your energy. For me, this is modeling, copywriting, building ads and things like that. I can do it, but it drains me. Uh, and then the third work is stuff that you can do that no matter how much of it you do, you seem to get more energy like this. This for me, working with you on a podcast, mm-hmm. coaching somebody on a call, uh, building something I'm excited about. Those things, I can do them for 18 hours a day and go home a chatterbox. Like I can't t- wait to tell my wife about all the stuff we talked about. If you can't tell after this call, I'm going to be, you know, like a schoolgirl. Uh, however, somebody else may get energy from doing those things. Mm -hmm. I was an underwriter for the biggest bank in the world. And I'll tell you right now that the guys I worked with loved finding order in the chaos. They loved checking the covenants to make sure that the financial ratios aligned with the contracted obligations and all of the other things that I was certainly capable of, but that did not fuel me forward. And so this is only to say that when you do bring on folks to build your dream team, you need to make sure that you put them in the right seat where they actually have this ability to not just get the job, but want the job and be capable of the job. Uh, GWC is what Traction calls that or EOS. Um, and so, yeah, you just, you want to start to remove those things from your day that drain energy from you and hire them out. Um, I actually have a free perfect week calendar that I use, and I use this in my life. Uh, you can find it on my bio and Instagram. Um, but it's, it's just a, a, a one week schedule 
Um, and, and I removed all of the time from my week that was wasted. And so I started by adding the time that I'm going to spend with my, my wife and daughter. I think I'm scheduled for 72 hours a week with wife and daughter, right? Then I added my self-care. I have a three-hour walk on Saturdays, and I go to the gym three or four days a week, depending on the week. Um, and then what, what was left, I added in work. So I work from 1 to 5 p.m. five days a week, and that is it, unless there's a very good reason. Yeah, scheduling time for yourself. And others, I think so important, 100%. Yeah. Uh, one of the best business mentors that I've ever had um, talked about and it, that I believed what he was saying because it was true was, he goes, if, if this is a, it's kind of speaking to your timeline where you were thinking about like, okay, how do I, how do I, if I'm thinking about hiring my wife, I need to think about it like we are married in yep. the sense of that then, then then the big problems become little tiny pebbles. Mm -hmm. um, so if, so if, you know, when I was thinking about our business when we started, it's like, yeah, I, I want it to be, like my life, my whole life. So the timeline of my life. Yeah. And he says, that's good, but you should always have an exit plan too. So you need to start thinking about how you can replace yourself. Otherwise, your first of all, your business isn't going to ever grow. And if you ever yeah. want to exit, you'll never be able to exit. Um, so I consider myself an expert at what, what I do. But how? What? what kind of methods and ideas do you have for people like me to try to make it so that we can replace ourselves in the yeah. future as we grow? Uh, for starters, uh, I would always recommend reading the book Built to Sell. I think it's a really good parable that kind of walks people through this concept. Um, but my personal opinion on it is this. I think everybody should have the, if you want to have freedom, it means you have the choice to do things. And so if you're listening to this and you say, I own a business that I love to do and I never want to replace myself and I never want to sell it fine, then you should build it in such a way that it runs so smoothly that you get to just love it every single day for the rest of your life. And if you build it well enough, you can go get financial leverage by talking to banks and you'll have built it well enough to do that. And if something changes and you want to sell it, it will be marketable and it won't be reliant on the magic that's stuck between your ears. And so the ways to do that, I already started to allude to, are by taking that magic that makes you, Lance, good at what you do and codifying it into science, which is what it really is. It's how you make decisions. It's how you write the copy. It's how you view your potential client. It's how you interview your guests. And you codify that into science. This is frameworks, right? So this is like SOPs. This is for ours documents for the roles and responsibilities. This is how we train people to energize our mission the way that we want it done. Um, you can see this very clearly in big companies. I mean, there's just so, so much fluency when you look at anything Apple does. There's so much fluency when, when you turn on um, an episode of your, of Disney. Oh my gosh. You watch, uh, watch Mickey Mouse from 1920s till now. There's mm -hmm. like so much consistency and through line where like Mickey just doesn't do certain things. And he just, this is how he behaves in these circumstances. And that's all magic inside of Walt Disney's ears that has been scaled to science inside outside of him in the organization that has scaled it so beautifully yeah so it, the, the, how i would sum up what you just described is is it's it's systems and framework right and you're and absolutely you're, exactly and, and getting that to work so then then there is that through line i believe that 100 percent uh jason we're coming up on the half hour here and i've got two questions that i ask every guest uh the first one is uh, knowing what you know now and if you could go back in time when you first started your business what is one piece of advice you give your former self Have a mentor sooner, pay for it if I need to. I love that. 
Uh, Jason, this has been great. I really appreciate your time today and uh, would love if our listeners want to learn more about what you do and obviously uh, head over to your podcast. Where can people find, follow you and keep up with what, what's going on? I got to draw a line here, Lance. I heard there was two questions. Where's that second question? Well, that's the second one. That's it. <laughs> oh, okay. I, was, I, I can't. The, the, the listeners they, are going to be going nuts. Yep. Okay. 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 Thank you so much. Well, first of all, if you're still listening to this, it's because you like Lance and you like Inside the Firm podcast. So go to the page that, of the of where you're listening to it right now, like, subscribe, and share this with a friend because he's doing an awesome job. He's a very thoughtful and good interviewer, uh, and he does this for you for free. If you still have energy, I would absolutely love it if you found me on Instagram, which is my platform of choice. I'm Jason Skisick or at Spear and Clover on there. I'm also on all of the other socials, uh, and I offer a free mastermind test drive. You can come check out our mastermind. For any entrepreneurs that would like to, you can find that at www.spearandclover.com. We also have other free courses and, and resources for entrepreneurs there as well. Beautiful. Jason, again, thanks so much for your time. Enjoy the hikes. We'll talk to you soon. Lance, thank you, brother.